Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. such a beautiful beautiful terrible terrible fade out which is a perfect precursor to the super duper low-tech high-tech schnitzel boys special labor day extravaganza yes hello bjorn hi can you hear me i can hear you i'm gonna take up my headphones i can hear you so i couldn't figure out how to do any tech so i'm going old school i'm gonna talk to you on the phone in front of the microphone and hopefully that doesn't sound too bad because <laughs> we just could yeah, not figure that out. Um, if if there's any tech-savvy folks out there who are big fans of the podcast and want to volunteer their time and become our tech guru, the job is available. So if you, want, if you want in, we need a technical director. We need a technical producer or something. Something that knows. So I'm using a streaming platform in order to get... You have to hack it to do anything, to play music, listen to people on the phone. You have to download like hacker software and like fool the computer into thinking the microphone feed is a different feed. It's just, it's very complicated, too complicated for me, to be honest. Um, so I need to figure that out at some point. Um, but right now uh, I'm using my phone because... Uh, I couldn't even use my Google Voice, and then when I tried to share on Zoom, it, 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 my computer—I heard you fine in my computer, but the recording didn't pick up your audio. So I don't know why that's a thing. Um, but I don't know if people would like to explain it. Let me know. But that's not the—it's Labor Day. Labor Day is about chilling and not putting a lot of effort into tech stuff and <laughs> having a good time. Having a good time. That's right. I mean, I work all day That's on Labor right. Day because I, I'm a, you know, I'm a schmo and I work blue collar jobs. But you know, Labor Day is fun for everybody. Bjorn, how you doing, bud? I am well. It depends. It depends on what aspect you are referring to. I am, on the one hand, doing excellently. I just spent uh, four days hiking through the Grand Canyon, the South Rim hermit rapids area which was magical i mean really incredible um but that's what's creating all these technical issues i i thought i had re-emerged from off the grid but i kind of am just barely on the grid because here even in this this lodge that's near the grand canyon uh the wi-fi is terrible and even phone reception is spotty so uh, I'm not quite yet all back on the grid, so I'm sort of in between, in between on and off. But if uh, you know that that character, what's that guy's name from Ted Lasso, Danny Trejo or whatever, football is live. If football is live, not not Danny Trejo. I don't know what his name is, but he's the he's the least developed character, the racist Latino stereotype. 
football is life guy. Yeah, that guy. And his, his thing is football is life. And if football is life, my life sucks. Yeah. All of, all of I've just, I, 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 uh, uh, I, I came back from, I mean, literally, I had four days of nothing. Like, no no phone service, no... Do you want me to tell you about what happened? With oh, MFC I have, I have and over, last, and, oh. over the last couple hours, I have cut, caught up on all the scores, <laughs> and my team still suck. Yeah, yeah, they both suck. Terrible. I haven't... Uh, Let's spoil it. Come on, we don't have to cut it. Just talk about the Grand Canyon for a while. So you were hiking the Grand Canyon, it was magical, and... So it was not. Tell me how cold was it? Like, tell me the deets. Tell me about oh, it was the Grand Canyon hot. hike. It was. It was very hot. Right. Uh, I, There's a heat wave right been, now. I have not been to the. I have not been to the Grand Canyon. So the Grand Canyon, unlike other mountainous pursuits, is that you know you start at the top. The canyon obviously is like a hole basically in the earth, and it's. It's. I mean, it's really wild. You sort of drive drive up to it and. There's nothing to suggest that within like a few yards, all of a sudden the earth just sort of drops off and there's this gigantic thing. And uh, most people here stay above the rim. I learned this weekend that of all the visitors, of which there are many, to the Grand Canyon, only 1% go below the rim. And uh, and and of that 1%, only 1% stay overnight. So... And it was very hot. The, 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 the bottom of the canyon is 20 degrees hotter than the rim. Interesting. So there must be the some sort of were, effect I don't understand. Because, um, yeah. Well, I think that's, I think rever the reverse is true too, right? If you go on a mountain, it gets sort of colder the higher you go. So no, if you start up and you go down, it gets warmer the lower And there's a big heat wave in California. Yeah. I've been staying under, I had tickets to go to the Galaxy game yesterday but i skipped it because it was 101 degrees so i just stayed oh, inside yeah it was a hundred it was 109 Ugh. at the bottom of the canyon it was the highest uh uh i think the highest that it's been for a while they only do these this was the first this is this was through rei the the outdoor retailer right. uh, mm -hmm. well uh and they only start these trips in the fall so this is the first one they had and they were like this is actually kind of too hot to do it but the upside of that was that there really was no one there. Right. It's sort of crazy that, you know, there's a lot of, in the you know, up here, there's a lot of like sort of hullabaloo. There's tourists from all over. Uh, it's very busy. People traipsing around. And then you just kind of go on to, onto the trail and start heading down. And it's, there's nobody. Like we ran into very, very few people. Uh, Is that scary? Are you gonna die or what? Uh, no, it wasn't. No, it's not scary. It's like mm. there's. I mean, it's it's just extremely quiet. It's very quiet. And uh, how big of a hiking crew were you? Uh, there were six of us. There were nine of us total. There were three. We had three guides. Okay, that's six. One of yeah. which. I think there were two guides scheduled to be there, and then they brought somebody else who's, I think, a uh, like an intern or somebody who's trying, sure. like training to be, or or was was interested in joining the guiding crew. So there was that extra person. And then there were six other participants, and uh, yeah, and it was like, I mean, it's pretty strenuous. There's a four thousand 
4,000 uh, feet difference to, to get to the bottom. Right. And that is, uh, that is quite, that's quite the hike. <laughs> How many miles did you hike a day? I don't know anything about it. Like, what's the hike? You're just down, uh, then you go up? Or how does that work? It's uh, uh, sort of from here, from the top all the way to the bottom is about nine miles. But it doesn't, uh, that doesn't really do justice because a lot of it is in very sort of rocky terrain and very steep. And you're kind of, uh, you know, it's not like there's a, a a sidewalk that you just kind of stroll down. Like, it's, it's definitely... Uh, so yeah, it took us. I mean, today, and then of course, because it was so hot, we kind of um, had to work around that. Because you, in midday, it's really pretty punishing. So we actually today to get out, we uh, got up at four a.m. in order to do a lot of this this hike out uh, uh, in the shade. You know? Right. There's, yeah. And so, and so we got pretty far. And then when we got sort of, you know, the last, there's a very steep part, sort of the last uh, uh, two and a half miles or so. And it was mm-hmm. pretty brutal. Like at that point, we were in full sun and it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, yeah, very punishing. But uh, yeah, just a very magical place. There's, it's, it's just a, a completely, Different world down there. It's uh, we spent a lot of time sort of hanging out uh, in the uh, around the Colorado River. The Colorado River is just responsible for this canyon. I mean, the, the river basically made this canyon, and so uh, yeah, a lot of time spent in, in waterfalls and and in the river and around. I mean, it's it was great. It was fantastic. I recommend it. I recommend visiting the Grand Canyon. But when you do, go below the rim. Oh, that's the same advice I have to when you use a public toilet. So yeah, that's, so that's good. true. It's 100% it's, it. Yeah, I was one of the 99% people. I went to the Grand Canyon, looked at it real quick, uh, and then I said, that's cool, and I left. And then that was my Grand Canyon experience. So I'm yeah. trying to share a photo with you, and I'll get a tiny little photo. I'm gonna cro- can I crop in? Let me zoom in here. Hold on. I don't know anything about tech. How do you zoom into a thing? Yeah. So, well, that sounds amazing. I'm very happy for you. It was, it um, was, it was great. But I'm gonna rely on you to fill me, fill me in. I will. So, soccer's on. been great, by the way. Soccer's been uh, a lot of fun. Right, Zooming you in here, seeing that I tech. support. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's still a crappy looking. I have a photo of you up, and it's still really pixelated and crappy. There we go. There is a some sort of Bjorn presence here on the. Oh, I appreciate. <laughs> How about this? There we go. That's a little better. I made myself bigger. Yours a little smaller, but you are on here, so Bjorn is on the thing. Yeah, NYCFC is what lost four in a row. They lost New England three nothing over the weekend, and we we got America. We got Germany. Germany's spicy, right? Um, I went. Yeah. Where to begin? I'm all over the place here. So let's do. Let's just do some MLS action. So I had tickets to go to the Galaxy. SKC yesterday, and it was 101 degrees, so I just stayed at home in my AC, and I caught, caught the game via live stream, and uh, I didn't go because it was too hot. But um, the if, if MLS weekend had to be boiled into two talking points, it would be boiled into the Chicharito failed Panenka at the Galaxy game yesterday that I missed. Oh, oh, oh that. Very few things delight me more 
So the way it worked was Galaxy was tied 2-2. Shisharito got a goal, um, I believe, in the beginning. And then there was a penalty kick off a really great cutting pass from Ricky Pooj. Splooge from Ricky Splooge or whatever we're calling him. Ricky Splooge has been... Uh, just crushing the league with his cutting passes like we've never seen before. Like, and that, that happened last week, I think. This week, he just does this thing where he grabs the ball in, this, in his half near his goalie and then looks real quick. There's a very quick cutting pass through the middle of the field, Barcelona style, and usually finds a Chicharito or a Jovalich or someone up top in front of goal one on one. And then and it leads to goals or penalties. So that's what happened today. Got a penalty, Chicharito scored. Then there was another late-minute VAR penalty review drama, five minutes plus, and Chicharito with the last kick of the game to win it, to get him the three points. Does this soft run-up, and there's a limpy little panenka, and the goalkeeper just grabs it no problem. And everyone's like, oh, why? And then the game was over, and then there was two points. Two points lost, pretty much. Uh, now, I don't – people are, you know, going after Chicharito or something – like the highlight video is like blunder from Chicharito costs two points. It's like, yes, it's a. I, I, here's a question: If a penalty kick taker takes your penalty, and there's a second penalty in the game, in my mind, it should be a different penalty taker. Why is someone taking two penalties in one game? Uh, well, that's one thing to. And to consider, yes. Right. You mean like just because the goalie already got to look at uh... just just meant psychologically. If I score a penalty in a game, I'll be like, "Cool, I did that." And psychologically, it's like, "Can I do it twice?" I would. I'd rather just be a different kicker. Like, like have someone else do it up. You know what I mean? Why is that? Maybe I'm wrong here. Obviously, it's a case by case basis. Maybe it makes uh, sense to have the, the same. No. Yeah. I think that's a point versus worth considering i think that's definitely you're kind of uh testing your luck because it's like are you uh, gonna just do the same thing are you gonna right. go with this it's what it led him to the, do the panenka he's like i'm gonna change i already scored once i'll change it up is the, i yeah. think the larger issue is if you attempt a panenka and fail you are there's no the, there is there will be no sympathy true <laughs> and panenka has got really popular all of a sudden people are doing it left and right especially in mls these days uh or it's seemingly seemingly so there's that but the galaxy got a point that they're right in the playoff spot they're in the last playoff spot right now and right now we're, we're down the wire where, where there's only between four to six games left depending on what team you are because yeah. mls has this Gosh darn unbalanced schedule that I do not understand. I do not like. I do not like that teams just will always have a few games in hand. I don't get it. I don't understand the point of that. Um, it's, it's improving. It's improving. But I, I, agree. I would like that to improve better for next year, which they say it will. So we'll see. But you know, like yeah. NYCFC is in front of us still. Like no, no, or, or no, we're in front of NYCFC. New York Rebels are third, NYCFC is fourth. But NYCFC have a game in hand. It's like for crying yeah, out loud, we, get rid of the games in hand so we can see where we're placing right now. We only have a month left. But, well, but I can help you with that. We are losing all of our games currently, so the game in hand means nothing. Right. We are 
now playing Cincinnati and Charlotte next, which in any kind of normal circumstance, you would say, you would sort of rub your rub your hands in delight right, right. and say, that has got to be, if it's, if it's not six points, then anything less than six points would be a disappointment. However, in its current state, this team is very fragile. There are a lot of injuries. Uh, Vuk Latinovic got the start at center back with Maxim Sh- And uh, so that's where we're at. So they have called up NYCFC two players to fill out the squad because there's just nobody available. So right now... Is it because of injuries or why are people not available? It's, yeah, it's injuries. Oh, we okay. have uh, Alex Collins is still out. Tiago right. Martins is out. Anton Tinnerholm re-injured himself is out again. Will they get we healthy have, by uh, the playoffs is the big question. What's How is it looking? Will they get healthy by the playoffs? It's very. It's hard to say. They, the the, um, the team is not reliable when it comes to injury updates. It has to be said. They, they release an injury report and they keep saying, oh, we're optimistic. These are all short-term things. But then people are just out for a long time. So it's uh, we don't know. Nobody knows. Well, team well parts, consider yourself lucky. Because your players are unavailable because they're injured. The New York Red Bulls players are unavailable because they're not signed as players. So, you know what I mean? Like, our, our players are healthy. It's just we only have 15 senior players. So, if, if they, they have to be healthy. Imagine if they were injured. We wouldn't know what to do. Um, and, like, we signed a guy named Tyler Pasher off waivers. A Canadian guy. And we just agreed to mutually... By mutual consent, he's been released. So he was on the books for 23 days. Um, He was supposed to come in as our forward and our winger. Then they played him right back for a game because we need right backs. And Struber's taking our wingers like Cameron Harper and Tyler Pasher and turning them into wingbacks because we have no actual wingbacks. And Cameron Harper is like, sure, but Tyler Pasher either couldn't do it or didn't want to, so he was fired. Now he's gone. And who knows what's happening to him. But we had a play on the books for 23 days, and he's no longer available because we've canceled his contract. <laughs> he's perfectly healthy. It's not, he's not injured or anything. So, you know, there's that side of things. Uh, so count your blessings that you have players that are on their way back. We lost Tom Edwards to Barnsley. We didn't know if he was coming or not. He went back home for a bit. We thought the loan was over maybe. Then Barnsley bottom to confirm that's definitely over. Uh, Kyle Duncan is out because of a COVID situation. But the other big talking point, New York Rebels lost to Philadelphia Union 2-0 over the weekend. Two soft goals. It was not a destruction because the Philadelphia Union are a freight train to be reckoned with these days. They're the best team in the league right now, bar none. And we only lost them 2-0, thankfully. And... Uh, as things are looking now, I would give Philly, Philly Union the tip to maybe win the whole league. But, you know, it, give, in a month's time, it could look totally different. This league is very month to month. However, the other big talking point of the league weekend was Drew Yearwood angrily kicking a ball into the fans to, a, to like a five-year-old kid. So he's not five, he was 10 or 12 or 11. Let's say he was an 11-year-old kid. Kicking it right into eleven-year-old kid's face in the stands, and then it bounced. 
Didn't Kaku, Kaku did thing? that three years ago. Yeah, that's what right. is what is up with that? That is crazy. That's the other talking point. It's like, why does New York Red Bulls angrily? Why do our players angrily kick balls at kids and stands? Now, the video is amazing. It's it's very sad because the kid's crying. And it's very sad. It hits a kid and it hits a girl, and then Drew Yearwood goes in the stands to try to apologize. And someone, I don't know who, bigger brother, uncle, dad, someone stops him and tells him to stop and leave and not come. He's pretty much getting into a heated exchange. And he takes his scarf and wraps his scarf around Drew Yearwood's face and tells him to get lost. He's like, you need to leave. It's like, you know, because he wanted to go and apologize to the kid. But some fan in Rebels jersey was not having it. He was like, no, uh uh-uh. He was like waving his hands like, get out of here. We don't want to see your face. And he turns around, he leaves. Um, And he gets a red card. Because he got, I guess, a yellow card for unsportsmanlike conduct. And I think he got a, a yellow card for leaving the field. So he got two yellows within a matter of 30 seconds, which led to a red. And now he's suspended, and he released a couple of Instagram posts apologizing, and the Red Bulls apologize. And there's going to be some sort of you know suspension handed down. Now, from what I understand, like so on YouTube, I was in the comments asking if the kid was okay and the kid who posted the video is the kid's cousin who was sitting next to him and he said that yeah he's fine uh so thankfully he's okay but yeah it got me into it we talked about the kaku thing from three years ago apparently the kaku thing was more serious because the person had like pretty serious damage and had to go to the hospital and they had to pay medical bills and stuff like that like a, a little bit of a bigger deal a couple of years ago but those are the two big talking points it was chicharito missing the panenka and it was Drew Yearwood angrily kicking a ball into a little kid in the stands, one of his own fans, which we need to stop doing. When Kaku did it, it was an SKC supporter on the road. So now we're doing it to our own fans at home. So, you know, we're, we're upgrading. We're upgrading. But, yes, it is weird. I don't – both of these things, my personal take on both of these things is that everyone is up in arms about it, and I don't really need to be. The Panenka is whatever. He was trying a thing. He missed it, whatever. The, the the kicking the ball in the stands, he was just really angry. He kicked the ball, he regretted it right away, apologized. He was passionate, angry. I don't know. It's a shame. I, I don't want him to do that, obviously. Um, but you know, who cares? Um, it was a mistake. There you go. Um, so that's my take on the field. LAFC was a little bit of a losing skid, but they finally got a win again this weekend. And I would say, of all the clubs in the league. LAFC and Philly Union right now are the two clubs to be reckoned with. You know, they're like the yeah. two but LAFC wasn't well lost three in a row. They were on a little bit of a losing skid. But yeah, that's now yeah. that now that's what is now Philly is in the mix, right? For the supporters shield. They're both tied at 60 points. Except yeah. LAFC has a game in hand. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so they're a game ahead or whatever. So who knows? Um LAFC lost to Houston. That's a big loss, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, and why, um, yeah, so that's those are the two big clubs. Seattle Sounders got a win, but again, Seattle, we could see a playoffs this year without Toronto, without Atlanta, without Seattle, without the Galaxy, maybe even too likely. Um, there's a good chance that all four of those clubs are going to miss the playoffs this year, or a chance. I shouldn't say good chance. Um, which is whatever. It's a league. Everyone's in it. They're all getting in on it. Um, yeah, so my, my, you know, 
again, I'd like to say the Philadelphia Union are the best team in the league right now, and they're destined to win. But it's MLS. Come playoffs time, maybe they won't score a goal and they'll be eliminated in the first round. You never know. Um, so who knows? All I know is that New York Red Bulls, although in third place, which I'm perfectly fine with, it's not super convincing. Their team is still incomplete. They're, they're integrating this new forward from Brazil. He's played two games. And he missed a couple opportunities, and still the jury's still out on him. We still have to integrate him. But also, we took forever to sign this guy, and the visa took forever. And we're integrating him six weeks before the playoffs. It's weird. You know, it's bad timing. We should have done this earlier. We should have integrated him a month ago. Um, oh, sorry. Was, if everyone heard that, I just got a text. <laughs> a text from someone. Um, but I think that. Uh, the thing is, so someone just texted me because they wanted to go to a bar, but the bar is out of business. So I just, so I like, so text right back, and be like, "Sure, I'll see you there, buddy." It's 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 open and everything. So so that was MLS. I'm trying to think. Like the the East is very tight. Even teams that are second to last place, they're only I think three or four points off from the playoff spot. So it is very tight. But Toronto lost a great Canadian. Uh, 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 Montreal versus um, Montreal versus uh, Toronto was a great game. Great game. If you catch the highlights, I highly recommend it. It was ended up being 4-3 to Montreal, back and forth. Lorenzo Insigne got a couple of goals. But Montreal, with the 4-3 win over their Canadian rivals and neighbors, and uh, it was just a really, really fun sort of Canadian derby matchup. I would say that was the game of the weekend. Um, uh, Hani Mukhtar. Been crushing it for Nashville. MVP got a brace. That dude is amazing. Falfa Bochum could use a player like Hani Mukhtar. Hani Mukhtar is crushing it. Um, yeah, that's sort of my MLS rundown. Do you have any other sort of, you know, I know NYCFC is just injury ravaged. Hopefully they get their players together. And, you know, I still think that they're, they're going to make the playoffs. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, but yeah, do you have any last thoughts or on MLS or anything like that? Oh, oops. It seems oh, like sorry, you weren't on speakerphone. I was like, why aren't you talking? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Sorry, now you're back. Now you're back. Do you have any? Okay. Yeah, I have some. Uh, uh, yeah, it seems that the East is tied. Some teams are dropping out. Chicago and Charlotte are right. not going to make. Atlanta probably won't. Toronto, outside chance, also probably not. They've already played 30 games. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple of Cincinnati and Miami are on the bubble over Toronto, Atlanta. Who would have thought? I'm feeling good uh, about Cincinnati. Miami, maybe not so much. New England had such a blah year compared to last year, but they're in a playoff position. And they had a really confident 3-0 win over some team over the weekend, some dumpy team. Yeah, and like. A team that doesn't have any center backs. I could probably, <laughs> yeah, they're going to soon call me to play center back. Oh, are they? Uh, Season ticket holders are going to start playing now? I mean, I, I guess I have the size at least, you know. No. <laughs> um, so, and in the West, similarly, yeah, there's some teams on the bubble, but also a bunch of, yeah, Kansas City, San Jose, Houston's out, Colorado, Vancouver probably can't do it. Yeah, the West is a little bit more. Settled. I mean, Seattle is six points off a playoff spot. L- right LA now. and LA and yeah. Seattle really. The Galaxy and Seattle really have to 
Well, the Galaxy so. are only three points off, but with two games in hand. So technically, if they win, like, you know, again, I hate this unbalanced nonsense, but like the LA Galaxy have two games in hand and only three points behind Portland. So the LA Galaxy could, should sneak into a playoff spot. Uh, the supporter shield race is a little up in arms now. It is between LAFC and Philly because they're both at 60 and there's five games yeah. left. And honestly, yeah, if you ask me, it might be Philly that gets the supporter shield. I mean, recently, I think that if you take back the last five games, Philly has has, has, stopped, has been better. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, they outsco- they beat three or four teams, seven nothing in a row or something. Yeah. Thank, thank God, New York Red Bulls, it was only a 2 0 loss. Uh, it was more a reasonable both, score. Both but. Have- they're both averaging two points or more, and that is a that is not uh that is a that is a rare feat in MLS. There's not that many teams that can do that for all season, and so um, if whoever can keep that up, can keep that two point per game average up, will win the shield uh, probably. Yeah, I, I think don't think so. they. Both, I don't think they both will. I don't think uh, it's rare that we have two teams that that uh, have that much have that many points after season so i don't think it'll be one of them right and uh yeah and then it's all happening very soon the season is really winding down the only thing when it comes to nycfc the only thing i care about now is the campeones cup next when, week next, next week Wednesday. oh yeah that's the big the big title campeones cup that's an actual title they're gonna do the confetti bombs and everything is it an actual so, title though this is this is we we're not going to split hairs. We can't afford to split hairs. To us, it will be if we win. Yeah. Title. If we lose, it's a meaningless. I know. The yes, MLS marketing department presents the Campeones Cup. We've been wanting this since it started three years ago. If, if we yeah. win, it's for real. If we lose, nobody cares. Yes, and then that's the, is that the same night as the U.S. Open Cup too? When's the U.S. Open Cup? I'm excited about that. I want. I'm rooting for Sacramento. U.S. Open Cup is this is Wednesday. Orlando hosting Sacramento. I'm hoping Sacramento does it. I love a good underdog story. And Sacramento is a team with good fans. And they also were about to be an MLS team, but that canceled last minute. So the fans were a little shafted. They deserve this. They were a well-run team. Their billionaire was not potent enough. The billionaire was not potent enough. Those poor billionaires. Um, yeah, so good luck on your Campeones Cup. And the season's winding down. We'll see. Like, the LAFC Philly thing's going to be fun and exciting towards the end there. We'll see who gets it. Um, and selfishly, I would love if LAFC made the way to the final because I live in LA, and maybe I'd get a ticket. Maybe I'd go watch an MLS Cup for one. Maybe it'll be against the New York Red Bulls. Maybe, but, right? One can dream. But um, as you've pointed out, as you've pointed out, uh, the... Post-season. The, uh, the, 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 the teams that do so well in the regular season are not always the playoff favorites. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, maybe LA Galaxy will win. <laughs> Can we get in seventh place? Maybe, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be maybe one of the LA teams will host it. Although likely LA wouldn't ho- the Galaxy wouldn't host it coming in last. But yeah, the MLS Cup could very well be the LA Galaxy versus the New England Revolution. Why not? The two seventh place teams making it in the final. Why not? Why not? It's old school. The replay from the MLS Cups of old. I think a couple of our, I think the very first MLS Cup was New England versus LA. I could be wrong about that. In fact, I, I'm wrong about that because DC United won. I think it was DC versus LA. But New England and LA did play each other once or twice. I think in 2002, maybe 2000. It was 2002. Maybe it was just one final. 
I don't know. I'm all over the place here. But all I know is that is sort of your week in U.S. soccer. Um, your favorite goalkeeper, Zach Steffen, is injured till mid-October. So there is a real he's, chance that he's not going to make it yeah. to the World Cup. I mean, if he's not I, even playing, this, maybe he won't even this, make the roster. This should be, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think he should go. I've said that before, right? I think, and maybe this will be this will be an excuse for Ricardo Pepe's Augsburg dream is over for now. No, he's he's gone to Groningen, right? On he, loan. Went, he went on loan to Groningen, which I think is a good move for him. The Eredivisie is probably a better move for a guy right from MLS anyway. Um, a smaller club, hopefully, will get minutes and minutes in a league with. You know, less competitive defenders. So he just needs minutes. But the number nines are scoring all of a sudden. Josh Sargent is scoring for Norwich. He just got a goal and assist, I think, yesterday. Um, Haji Wright is scoring in Turkey, like he always has been. Uh, Jordan Pifak is injured. But before his injury, he was doing great, scoring up a storm yeah. for Union Berlin. Now, Jordan Pifak has a muscular problem. So I don't know how long this can take him out. But unfortunately, he missed the big Union Berlin Bayern München clash. Are you ready to go over to Germany for a bit? Let's go. Let's German. go. It's so, wild. Bundesliga gone wild. Bundesliga gone wild. I love it. Uh, it's only five weeks in. But the top of the table right now is Sport Club Freiburg. It's just the, it's, it's again the Schnitzel Boys curse. That's right. We declared the season over <laughs> after three games. We said the Bundesliga is not worth watching. Everything is, is predetermined. Right. And now we have two point, three points from one to seven. We have yeah. Bayern not in first, not in second, in third place. Who's right. in first? SC Freiburg. Freiburg. Who's in second? Borussia Dortmund. Who we thought right. were also disappointing. Well... So, Yes, this is fun for now, but I still hold true to the fact that things are about to settle. Like, I still think Brian Minchin are undoubtedly the by far the most dominant team in the league of their own. It's not necessarily them. It's not necessarily another team's going to win it. At best, they're going to lose it, if that makes sense. Uh, Union, yeah. you know, Borussia Dortmund is winning, but by the skin of their teeth. They're, these are not convincing wins. They had two, I think, one nil wins in a row for Borussia Dortmund, plus that last minute implosion. You know, and Flyboys on top of the table. They're just having a fun start this season. At the end of the season, they're not going to be top of the table. Um, I mean, may, I'll gladly Schnitzel Boys curse that. If at the end of the year Flyboys wins the Bundesliga, I'll be more than ecstatic. I think that'll be amazing because I love, I love, I would love for that to happen. Union Berlin are just an amazing club off the field, on the field, but they're a small club punching above their weight. They're, 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 they're proud. So Bayern München played up. Oh, sorry, the Zelda sounds from my phone. Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. So I, so real quick, I am part of the Bayern Munich fan club here in LA, in Los Angeles. And finally, I decided to go to a watch party which I love. I remember in New York going to bars and going to watch parties. Some of my favorite memories are going to bars and watching big games and stuff. So I decided to go um, and do that here. But in LA, it's at 6.30 in the morning. So I 
but good thing I have a weird graveyard shift type job. So I worked till 6 a.m. So I decided to one of these days just after work, go to the viewing part, 6.30. So I go to this place and it's at a place called the House of Football here in LA. And what I stumble across is what looks like an old church, a desanctified church or something. And, and, and it's got a front yard with some AstroTurf and some tables. There's no signage anywhere. It's just the address. It's the church. It's unmistakable. So I go in, in the distance, I hear crowd noise. And I walk up to it, and I go down into the basement. And into the basement, I find TVs upon TVs upon TVs playing all soccer games in the world at the same time. A bunch of fans down there watching soccer, cheering it on. I'm like, holy crap, this is the house of football. It's a soccer speakeasy in LA. They open Amazing. it they open at four in the morning when the games start. Um, you know, and there's 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 there's, be- there's bevies and snacks and stuff. And then me, I met up with the other Bayern Munich supporters. There were only four of us that morning. We got our own private screening room to watch the Bayern München Union Berlin game. Because in addition to a big commons area, there's like two or three private screening rooms also on the side for certain special events. And it was a lot of fun. And then when the Real Madrid fans showed up and then the Juventus fans and the AC Milan fans came, they came in droves. And they were singing and cheering. And the commons area outside, everyone was watching all the EPL games at the same time. And I was like, how's Jesse Marsh doing? How are the Americans doing? The Newcastle fan, Toon Army was in the corner watching the Newcastle game. A bunch of Chelsea fans were watching the Chelsea at, at West Ham game. You know, it was just like soccer. It was soccer church. And upstairs at this old church is a vintage kit shop where you can buy old jerseys and stuff like that and T-shirts and things like that. So I found myself, I just stumbled across this place and like a true soccer fan going to a shining beacon, I found it. It's called the House of Football here in LA. If you're in the area, come on, check it out. It's just a free plug. I'm not giving us money or anything. But the guy down there who maybe was the owner, a really nice guy named Andrew, was very happy to see me come in. And be like, yeah, thanks for coming out. We've been open, it's been open for about a year because my old soccer bar shut down, the one that the U.S. soccer sports will go to. Was more uh-huh. So I found this cool speakeasy. So I went and watched Bayern München. I, I just said that to share an experience. But I went to watch Bayern München Union Berlin. And it was a tough 1-1 draw. But Bayern München had the ball 99% of the time. It was, <laughs> it was just Bayern München trying to score, trying to score, trying to score. And Union Berlin. Of the it wasn't that high. But, but, but it was just like there was no creativity. Ever since someone says, ever since Chiago left, they haven't been creative. And now Robert Lewandowski's gone. They're not as clinical in the box. And I'm just like, at some point, just kick the ball in the box. They're trying to walk the ball in. And Union Berlin were just too, too efficient for that. Um, it ended up being 1 1. And after the game, Julia Nagelsmann and Thomas Muller both said how big fans they were. They loved the team, they loved the stadium. Thomas Muller is like, I'm an Union fan. <laughs> I don't know if that's condescending or not. But they were genuinely talking about how much they love the club as well, which is odd, you would say, from a you know t- team that just went in there. So Brian mentioned still having a good time. I know it was one one. There's a couple opportunities missed. Union Berlin could have smashed and grabbed stole it there at the end, maybe. Uh, but it was one one, and um, it was a pretty good game. And good on Union Berlin for stealing a couple of points. 
But again, Brian Minchin is still a juggernaut to be reckoned with. They just seem to, you know, it's, it does look like men against boys. So we'll see how things look look forward. I think Borussia Dortmund still need to figure their stuff out. Um, you know, they have been winning, but it hasn't been super convincing, to be honest. And uh, we'll talk about your boys in a second, but Bayer Leverkusen, still losing. They have one win. Everything else has been a loss so far for them. So something's going on over at Bayer Leverkusen. Maybe next week we should bring yeah. a fan on and talk about really what's going on over there. RB Leipzig lost 4 nothing over the weekend, uh, I believe, right? It was a pretty heavy loss. Or was it yeah. not a loss? RB Leipzig also only five points in five That's games. Fun. So they're also underperforming. Um, yeah, they, they lost 4 nothing to Frankfurt, right? Yeah, they're underperforming. So RB Leipzig and Bayer Leverkusen very much underperforming. And Borussia Dortmund's next four games are they have Champions League tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a second. Then they have RB Leipzig on Saturday. Then they have Manchester City after that. Then, they ha- then they're at home to Schalke, the Ruhr Derby. Then they're at Köln, which hopefully they should be able to beat. Then they're at Sevilla. And then they host Bayern for the De Classica. So other than this Cone game, it's a lot of pretty big games in a row. Maybe Copenhagen, maybe it's not so big, but like it's still it's Champions League, it's Europe, it's your opening match day. So so Dortmund has a pretty steep next couple of weeks through the mid-October. Um, next few weeks to the mid-October. So I wish them all the best of luck. But um, by mid-October, I think we might see the Bundesliga table that we're used to. I'm just trying to give off this curse. I'm trying to give off the curse so that it doesn't happen, but it's out of my control. The curse, the Schinzel boys curse is out of my control. Um, and then we got the, the league's wooden spoon candidates, the whipping boys, if you will. Well, there's only one front runner there. That's right. VFL Bochum, I believe is how you pronounce it. Right. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Bochum. 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 Uh, Bochum sounds like the name of a dude, like a country boy, like a farmer. Like you're like, hey man, I'm looking for Bochum. They're like Bochum. Bochum's out back, and you go out back, and it's like some dude whittling or something like that. Like someone call for Bochum. That's that's just me. That's just me <laughs> making stuff up. That's who Bochum is to me. Some guy I made up. Okay. Some country farm boy. Yeah, I mean, soon you can forget about that the word again because uh, you know we will we will we will fade back into obscurity after a great season last year i mean even knowing nothing going in this year we, i knew it was going to be difficult and there were a lot of you know saying the same thing every week the, a lot of players left and uh, weren't really adequately replaced now this week there was a lot of um talk about thomas reis the coach who really this is, this is really, to me, the big mystery behind the scenes at Bochum that Thomas Reis, the coach, and Sebastian Schinzelortz, the technical director, have together performed miracles. Mm-hmm. During COVID, in the small market team, put together a team that really surprisingly won Bundesliga 2 and made it up to... Uh, made it up to the Bundesliga, had a great season, really overperformed and crushed it. But I, I think this would mean 
these people should be heroes. They should uh, right. get everything they ask for. If there's contract negotiations, that should be the number one priority for the club. These people, if we can, we need long-term relationships with them because uh, right. they have have done they have done miracles with very little and that is not what has happened sebastian schinzelords is off to wolfsburg has been replaced uh, by patrick fabian who is also a beloved ex-player and hopefully will also do a good job but it was like why where did he go and now thomas reis is without is in the last year of his contract and the negotiations have been have been uh, postponed now that they have this terrible record he's probably just going to get fired eventually but he now this week it was revealed that he had an offer to go to Schalke Mm. over the summer Mm. that he would have liked perhaps to go to Schalke and the team said no you have a contract you need to you need to stay here however they did not did not come to an agreement as far as uh, a new contract is concerned. Presumably he wanted to get a raise, to get a significant rate, which is well-deserved. And uh, the team was like, well, we will not, we will not give you what you want in terms of a new contract. We will also not let you go to Schalke where you are wanted. We will just let you sort of run out this contract. And be angry. Right. And that sucks. That's yeah. terrible. And so, well, they weakened over the summer. It seems like, it seems like there was. It, it, my guess is that this was now leaked by the team to kind of maybe have people turn against and be like, because right, because Thomas Weiss came out and said, "Yeah, there's nothing happening. I'm not. I don't have a contract. I'm unemployed as of the end of the season." And I guess <laughs> the the. Um, his I'm agent, for work. Like, him I'm, and his agent. I'm looking for work as, of, as right. of next May. I'm looking for work. And yeah. that, I guess, sit well with the team. So they then leaked this Schalke thing, I guess, to, to tell the fans, well, you know, your beloved coach is looking looking for other opportunities. You think so, Bochum did that? If, if I were the I, coach's agent, well, I, I would do that. I am completely speculating, but that's the only, that's the only way this makes sense to me. Hmm. Uh, that this is some kind of a, an effort to to uh, discredit him or kind of um, and well, it seems this, very whiny. Whatever, whatever the truth is of that, it's all terrible. I know it's it seems terrible. very whiny and immature, and not well, how you do and business. A, and, yeah, and, do and business. A, and at a team, at a team that cannot afford, everything has to go well for both right. of them to have any kind of chance in the Bundesliga. They will always be a small market team uh, uh, squeezed in between Schalke and Dortmund, much bigger teams. They will they will never be a big a big time club. So for them to, to to punch above their weight, this kind of stuff cannot happen. And so yeah, who knows? I'm sure Thomas Weiss is now eventually. I mean, they're now. Uh, it's been five games, five losses. Another, another in the in the matchup between last year's new team and this year's new team, Werder Bremen. Again, this was not a this was not a dominant a zero two win. I guess from what I've seen, it seems like Bochum again played somewhat well and had right. a, took the lead late and had it had it called back by VAR and then 
Bremen scores two late goals just to steal the game. But it, there's a lot of individual mistakes. It's just not a lot of defensive. It's not the same defensive quality that the scene had last year. And so this they're not. This is not gonna. They're not gonna survive. And so what's probably gonna happen is they're gonna fire Thomas Reis and they're gonna start with somebody else. And then it's just gonna be Bundesliga zwei and. Um, you know, and this, and then this, this, this thing that was sort of blossoming against all odds, kind of, kind of uh, uh, wilting, for by because of the the board, the president, who knows? The behind the scenes, there's some discord that is not, it doesn't make sense uh, from from my perspective as to why there should be. Well, so as club members, right? You got to figure like they have to figure this out. They can't treat promotion like the surprise they can't handle every time they get it, you know? So if I'm, if, if I'm a member of Bochum and last year they did really well, and, and then their response to that, knowing well that when you get promoted, some clubs have a first year bounce, they get some luck going and they get some right, blah, blah, blah. Like that's probably what happened last year. And then the response is to sell off a couple of their key players and get rid of key figures and then not replace them properly and then move on. Like you're destined to death. Someone in charge has to be held accountable. It's like you should have, you should have aggressively looked for some loan signings. You should have figured out again, like Union Berlin is sort of the, the poster boy of how business is done. It's like, you have to, you have to sign capable replacements or better yet more you should have reinforced them and holstered their squad more spend, for the season spend, spend some money spend, the spend money some money you, you, you got tv money this year like you got a lot of money this year so spend it on one player at least I, yeah i think this is an example of what you are talking about where the where the financial the the, the wish for financial stability that's right. always very present in German teams, especially and uh, in general, at, at Bochum probably specifically. And it outweighs the sporting. It, it outweighs. Have, yeah, they want to have a budget that's viable in both leagues. Right. Uh, they want to have a budget that. I mean, obviously, in the Bundesliga, they are going to they are going to have a little bit more money, but not. They are they are they sort of want to be flexible between in both worlds and it's just not this doesn't know how it works the bundesliga budgets are much bigger and so you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage and it just can't work but the, yeah i hear you and then there's ways to be creative you sign players on a free you uh loan players from bigger clubs there's ways to have to figure it out and being creative the other clubs pull it off like why can't bochum uh, there's just ways to figure it out. So, but but what it seems to me, especially over the summertime, is they chose to just do nothing. They're just like, season two will come by, and you know, better luck next year. You know what I mean? Like, who's in charge? Who's making decisions? If you're in charge, your job is to stay up. So you have to reinforce your squad and make decisions to make that happen. It seems like all they were doing was like, well. We'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Like you're not making, you have to make decisions to make yourself competitive, especially knowing the two new promotion teams were going to be Schalke and Werder Bremen, two, two historically wealthy clubs with with deep pockets, probably 
that their time in the Bundesliga 2, they had more financial stability than Bochum and Bundesliga 1. So if, if you know that's your competition next year, then you got to get creative and you got to figure it out. You got to like, you just got to find a way to, to, to uh, uh, keep yourself competitive for the new season. And it seems like they just gave up and they're like, nope, we're just going to do our best and see what happens. And what happens is you go and get relegated and you go back to Bundesliga 2 where your budgets are much less. You have the opportunity to hang out with the big budgets and stay in there, but you only taste it real quick and you go right back down again versus clubs who do a good job going up there and staying up there. Clubs like Augsburg and, and you know, obviously Union Berlin, but other clubs have just uh, worked their way up and become better clubs. Eintracht Frankfurt and Freiburg, both in the last five to ten years, have done a really good job really punching above their weight and turning themselves into European clubs. Uh, which they were not up until up, um, uh, up until recently, you know. So, you know, that's just obviously easier said than done. Um, maybe that's the mentality of what they want. Maybe they're just like, we were fine. Like maybe as club members, they want to go back to the second division. I don't know. Maybe that's what they want. If that's what they want. More power to them. But I don't know. Well, no, I mean, that's they would not say that. It's not what they want. But I mean, yeah, actions do speak louder than words. There is a. Yeah, I, I, I have, I have nothing else to say. I don't have, I really don't have much hope um, <laughs> that this will turn quickly. It's, it's they're by far now the worst team in the league. Zero points, <laughs> minus twelve goal differential. Nobody's close. Everybody else has at least right. got a few points. Yeah, has at least a couple points uh, early in the. Yeah, but at the top, the Bundesliga is wild. Gladbach seemed to be a contender, lost at home to Mainz. The Mainz, big game, good for the Mainz. Uh, Augsburg yeah. also probably in some trouble, lost at home to Hertha. Um, and uh, yeah, Leverkusen, you've talked about it. That is really worth, that's worth exploring what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Schalke got a point on the road. Pellegrino Matarazzo also struggling. Yeah, it's, it's a wild. Mm-hmm. Bundesliga is wild. We're going to enjoy it while it lasts. I agree with you that ultimately... Bayern will figure it out. Although this was two, twice in or two games in a row where they right. were pretty dumb, couldn't couldn't score, and eventually these kinds of things develop a momentum of their own, maybe. But in general, I agree with you. This is this is, this is going to be short lived, but we'll enjoy it while it lasts <laughs> because we pronounce this season DOA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We said uh, Bundesliga is predictable, and MLS is way too uh, is way too unpredictable. So one was and like a one was boring. Is- that was a, a bo- one was like boringly predictable. That was boringly unpredictable. Um, so and now it's all it's all interesting. MLS is winding <laughs> up. Playoffs are coming up. The Bundesliga is wild. Champions League and- starting. We got five. We didn't bring this up yet. There are five German teams in the Champions League this year because of Eintracht hey. Frankfurt's Europa League Sieg. And then there's Dortmund, Bayern. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen and uh, who am I missing? Is it Freiburg? No, Gladbach? No, RB Leipzig. Did I say RB Leipzig? Bayern. Um, it's it's Bayern, Dortmund, RB Leipzig, Eintracht Frankfurt, and Bayer Leverkusen, right? And those are clubs? That sounds right. Sounds about right. Let me look that up. <laughs> that up. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a really fun season. Yeah, we got starts, five German teams. Starts tomorrow. I'm I'm will fully reintegrate myself onto the grid. I will make sure I have access to Wi-Fi. 
Where are you going to Vegas next? Where are you going? Yes, Las oh, Vegas. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, you know who hosts a soccer podcast from the Wynn Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Who For, does? Former Bochum superstar Eric Winaldo. Really? Yeah, he he hosts a podcast live, a soccer podcast every week live from the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas. And I want to go out there one of these days and just check it out. And we should we should we should bring him in and interview him about his time at Bochum. <laughs> That'll be fun. I think I think he thinks of that as a dark time. True, he didn't love it. He was more of a Zabrucken guy, but still, it'd be interesting. Maybe just talking about Germany at the time. But yeah, Leverkusen is opening up their account against Atletico Madrid tomorrow. Yeesh. So wish them the best of luck against Atletico Madrid. Maybe they're putting all their eggs in the Champions League basket this year. Maybe that's what's going on over there. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But anyway, have fun in Vegas. Have fun watching soccer. Any last thoughts or anything on the German-American soccer experience this week? I will promise to get back on the grid by next week and uh, (laughs) be caught up with all the with with technology and knowledge about what is going on in the German-American football experience. We haven't even talked about. Uh, but CCV got out, and then there was a leaked footage of Greg Bearhalter having dinner with all three of them. And yeah, it was likely a nice restaurant, but honestly, it looked like, if, if, if at first glance, it looked like they were at like a cafeteria. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah. I just imagine them at a cafeteria holding trays and stuff. What's that? <laughs> They're not supposed to eat. Like, what is that? No, just that. I, th- I think typical nonsense. Just like when. Christian Pulisic took a picture with his Leeds American boys. Like, you lost. But it was just yeah. the fans. You know, if you lose 4 nothing to your rivals and having dinner with one of the other teammates might come off the wrong way. But this is America, <laughs> baby. I could give two craps about your old firm. Hire less Americans then if you don't want Americans to get along. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Scots, don't come at me again, okay, Scots? We've had enough of you. Um, all right. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck and safe uh, rest of your travels. Next week, you'll be back in New York, I believe, right? And yes, they all yes, set up. Yes. Um, cool. Uh, the shitty boys to their friends and family. Tell your mates, your buds, or on YouTube, or on podcasts, or all over the place. We love soccer, baby. Um, if you're the house of football, you want to sponsor us, you can call us. Uh, thank you very much for the shitty boys. This is Mr. Buffer. Truth. <laughs>